Hello. Bonjour. Salam alaikum. Nehao. Guten Tag. Yasu. Toast. Salamat sejahtera. Hola. Edu. Hello and welcome back to my podcast, Nick Meets World, a journey across the globe that sees me, Nick Hardings, meeting and talking with someone from every country on the planet. And today we are talking to someone from Denmark. Uh, so it's just a short hop, skip and a jump across the water from a, where our last guest was from in Norway. And again, sorry if you're listening to this via podcast and I've had a couple of weeks off. Again, work is just quite busy at the moment. But if you're listening to it on CSRFM, then no worries. You're catching up with them every single week, hopefully. And I hope you're enjoying it more importantly. But yes, today is another great show. It's a it's just an easy, free-flowing conversation with my next guest, Larka Christensen, who talked about Denmark um, very succinctly. And yeah, I just hope you strap in and enjoy the ride. Hello, Larka. How are you doing? Hi, Nick. Got a good day. Sorry? <laughs> that wasn't Danish. Oh, well, what a brilliant start. See, I just did, I clearly didn't do enough research, did I, beforehand? But to be fair, you've come in very last minute for me. So it can't get much more last minute than, you know, me about to leave the building and bumping into you. So I'm very grateful. Thank you. You always have to keep a spare day in up your pocket in case of emergency. Indeed, indeed. So I'm, I'm just very appreciative right now. So um, if you could tell us whereabouts in Denmark you're from, please, then, Larka. So I'm from uh, the greater Copenhagen area. Copenhagen is the capital of Denmark, and I'm from sort of 20 kilometers-ish out of Copenhagen. So uh, sort of thoroughly suburban. Um, where I'm from used to be sort of a big or is actually building up to be a big sort of IT hub actually in Denmark. So we have a couple big IT companies out there. Um, but sort of, yeah, it's it's sort of your standard Danish suburban area. Yeah, and, and what is a kind of standard su- suburban Danish area like? Is it quite similar to what we'd see here in the UK in suburbia? Um, so you would have, you have like detached houses. We don't have the sort of British town houses, which are, I think, the connected houses that yeah, go ter- on for, yeah, houses, for, yeah. for rows and rows. We don't really have that. We have detached houses even in the suburbs. Um, and they're sort of from the seventies or eighties or something like that. So where I'm from is a really typical, like sort of my, what my house is like a four bedroom house. Very typical for that area. And then like with some gardens and some quiet little streets for kids to run and play on and a little bit of nature and stuff like that. Oh, lovely. What what kind of nature then do you have? Uh, we are mostly forests. Uh, oh, Denmark course. used to be all forest, but now it is either houses or fields. Okay, but, but still, you know, got some forests out the back that are looking pretty beautiful. Even yeah, in the absolutely. 21st century. Yep, even in the 21st century. Apparently the forest that I live close to has like tarantulas in it, but I have not ventured far enough in to meet a tarantula, so oh, wow. it's all right for, <laughs> for now. You don't ex- often expect that on mainland Europe, do you? Especially not north mainland Europe. No, I don't know. Maybe they got out from somewhere. I'm not really <laughs> sure. Like, But I've just, my dad keeps saying, like, you know, there's tarantulas in the forest. And I'm like, that's why I don't go in the forest. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it was just a scare story all along from your dad to stop you from going out there. But um, what about uh, how far away, uh, sorry, how long does it take for you to get into Copenhagen? Um, so from my door to the center of Copenhagen is probably like an hour. Um, we have sort of our tube, well, the equivalent of our tube system. It's only got two lines, but it also connects into sort of a, um, a train system. Um, but the range would probably be comparable. 
Uh, so I'm on one of those lines, and it takes like yeah half an hour, forty minutes into Copenhagen from um, from my station. And um, what's the name of your town that you're from as well? So I'm from Bettlerup. Um, which is never, a, I, I can happily admit that I've never heard. <laughs> yeah, I, you I wouldn't have heard of it. it. You might have heard of the nearby Brøndby because they have a football team that's like the second in the Danish Superliga. So you probably know FC Copenhagen because they sometimes appear in the Champions League, yes. and then their sort of successor is um, Brøndby. And how do you how do you spell that in English? Is it B R O N D B? So the. The weird yeah. sound is the O with the line through. Um, if you know the singer Mo, or she's called Mo over here, but that's how you say it in Danish. <laughs> right, I see. Um, so it's B R O with the line through and N D B Y. Then I do know. I do know of them. Yes, I have seen them in like European football before. Yeah, yeah. Their um, their fans are known for being particularly uncharming, but you're you're used to that over here. And also, my brother is a Wanbu fan, so maybe I shouldn't be <laughs> slagging yeah, anyone off. Yeah, um, English football fans that do have a particular reputation um, when they go overseas, and well, they're here in the UK, so we know all about that. Larka, thank you. Um, so, what's Copenhagen like as well uh, as a city? How similar is it to London or other UK cities? Um, and just kind of what pace is is life lived at in Copenhagen compared to where you live yourself? Well, um, Copenhagen obviously is the capital city. Um, so, yeah, I suppose comparable to London, except it's so much smaller. Like, there's five and a half million people in sort of all of Denmark. And I think London on its own has like how many people? <laughs> um, so a lot more than, than in Copenhagen. But it has that it still has that sort of aura of big cities. So you've got your like big banks and your big companies and stuff and all your commuters and you've got your theaters and your shopping streets and the tourist attractions and things like that. Um, but yeah, Copenhagen is really lovely, especially in the summer. Um, we get lots of tourists. Uh, because of where we are, we get lots of cruise ships. Um, we're a big cruise destination, uh, much to our uh, climate goals chagrin. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's a good it's a good place to be. And I've I've heard that it's quite an expensive city to uh, visit. So I'm assuming it's also a fairly expensive city to live in. Yeah, so I think Copenhagen normally rivals London on most expensive cities to live in in the world, or like maybe some Asian ones are making their way up there. But um, it's quite expensive. But the thing about Denmark is things are quite expensive. Um, Danish people are taxed quite a lot, but we also get paid quite a lot. So. It's not cheap to live in Copenhagen, but then it's not cheap to live in London either. It's so, all and, relative, really. Yeah, it's all it? relative. Yeah, like, yeah. you could live other places that were cheaper, but I wouldn't say that, like, you could still find places in Copenhagen that are, that are reasonable, much the same way that you can still find places in London, but people will still say that London is super expensive. So, like, how much would a pint of beer... I think that's always a good standard to go by. How much um, does a pint of beer cost in Copenhagen? So, we don't do pints, obviously. We oh, do, oh, yeah, we course, do half liters and whole liters and 0.75 liters, which is probably close to a pint, actually. But yeah. you probably pay, like... See, I haven't checked the pound conversion recently <laughs> yeah. because it makes me sad. It's not looking good recently, if I'm but, totally honest. Say, I don't know, like seven, eight pounds maybe Ooh. for a pint of beer. Ooh, <laughs> depending is... on where you get it, depending on where you get it. You could get it cheaper some some places. But... As someone who quite likes a beer as well, that's, you know, if a, a nice little holiday over there is going to start tallying up yeah. to be quite expensive. If you were to go down to Newhound on a, or New, ha- New Harbour on a sunny day, as most Copenhagen tourists do, and there's lots of little bars and stuff down there, you would probably be paying somewhere around £7 for a right, pint, of, I see. pint of beer. I see. Wow, that's, that's quite steep. But I guess 
Um, if you're, as you said, if you're being taxed quite heavily on things like alcohol, but you're also getting paid quite a lot, then it's gonna, you're not gonna feel the pinch quite as much because you're earning enough money. Well, hopefully earning enough money. Not everyone is. Yeah, no, definitely. And then, yeah, I think when people go to Copenhagen uh, or go to Denmark and they see that things are quite expensive, then they're like, how do you live like this? Well, we also get, you know, the minimum wage is a lot higher and sort of, so we get paid a lot more. So it all kinds of kind of evens out in the in the end. At least that's what I've been told. <laughs> well, and, and what about the standard of living as well in Denmark? I'm again, I'm just going to assume here because of what I've heard from other Danish people I've met in the past that it's quite, you know, similar to the standard of living that we could expect here in the UK. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think we have, again, this is not me going off of any, um, like, hard and fast numbers that I know of, but I think that we have a shorter distance between the richest and the poorest than you have here. Okay. So yeah. sort of a smaller spread of people um, yeah. and a very large, like, middle class, upper middle class. So it's hard to tell because in sort of England is extremely classist <laughs> yeah, and sort I of think we probably the way the class system yeah the way you talk about class here I don't think you talk about class like that in most places in the world I know for certain that like you don't do in Denmark um I never sort of before I came over here, I didn't know that it was a big deal if you were middle class or upper middle class or working class like I, I thought working class was people who worked so <laughs> okay yeah yeah it would make sense it would yeah make sense. you know it would make sense um And obviously we have those terms as well in, in Denmark, but it's not the kind of thing that you sort of would bounce around or that people would be necessarily aware which part they sort of belong to. Um, so, yeah. So in that sense, I suppose that maybe the reason that we don't talk about those things is because it's not a big as, as big a deal as it is over here. Okay. Maybe because we don't... I think some of the poverty problems and some of the sort of... Um, very large spread between richest and poorest that you have in the UK, we don't have in the same scale in Denmark. I guess with a smaller population as well, it might be there might be less room for kind of like two extremes. Uh, extremes. Yeah. Um, and what way does kind of Danish politics lean at the moment as well? I, I don't like to usually go too far down the politics rabbit hole because, you know, that could be a whole different show. But what's the mood in Denmark like at the moment? Um, so we, it's a good time you're asking because we recently had a, uh, a general election. It was like last month. I'm going to ago. pretend that I knew that and that's why <laughs> I asked the question. But, um, no, you can fire but, away. So we actually uh, bucked the trend of Europe, perhaps not unsurprisingly, or yeah, perhaps not unsurprisingly because Scandinavia is sort of historically known for being quite left-leaning. Mm. But um, we went, we swung left back to the left. We've had sort of a right-leaning government um, the last couple of sort of terms. And now we're actually back to uh, our party. It's called the Social Democrats, um, but I don't think you would put it in line with the Social Democrats over here. Okay. Um, our political spectrum is sort of, if you took the whole of Britain, sort of shifted it quite far to the left, <laughs> really. Oh, really? Um, sort of, I, I don't... I don't often sort of compare sort of also because I don't know enough about English politics to fully make a comparison. I don't know mm. enough about Danish politics, but yeah. um, the conservatives would be quite far out to the right on the Danish uh, political scale if you were yeah, to put, them, so, yeah. put them side to side. And sort of labor would probably actually be to the right of the middle in Denmark. <laughs> oh, really? Even under Jeremy Corbyn? Who's... Even under Jeremy... Well, I mean, you know, he's got some other things that are problematic about yeah, him. Yeah, but... <laughs> okay, that's... Well, I, I knew the Scandi Scandinavian countries were, like, fairly left-leaning. I mean, I had that chat with um, Isabel, who I mm. last spoke with from Norway. Um, 
but that's quite fascinating yeah. to hear just how just how far it swings. Yeah, and I mean, it's not been a given. As I said, we had a right-leaning yeah. government before, um, but I think this this election sort of was a shake-up in a lot of different ways. Like, obviously, with the Greta Thunberg movement and all of the climate stuff, like, that was really, really big in this mm. election, and the, I guess the parties on the left just offered up better sort of and more ambitious climate plans, and that really swung the electorate this time. And I guess uh, climate change is, somewhere, is something that w- could quite impact Denmark as a country in particular. Yeah, I mean, we're, you know, Denmark is, is, is you know, along with with the Netherlands, quite flat. Yeah, <laughs> um, exactly. So if yeah. the water rises, we've, we've got a big problem. And we've got a lot of little islands that we really cherish as part of, like, Danish culture and mm. obviously would hate to see any of those those places go. And then also we have historical ties with Greenland. Um, of course. I'll leave it at course. historical ties because yes, that, that's a contentious issue. Itself, <laughs> well, the UK would know some things about contentious issues. With you've former. got me there, Larka. You've got me there. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> uh, no, you're right. You're right. Um, we've had our issues when it comes to islands that are a long way away that aren't, aren't actually ours. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so with with those ties to Greenland, it, with global warming, it would be kind of catastrophic. Um, what would happen up there? Um, but apart from that, is um, is Danish kind of uh, society fairly steady? Because obviously, in the Western world, we've experienced quite tumultuous up and down times lately. Um, in Denmark, have you ridden that wave quite comfortably, or do you think that it's something that's impacted Danish society and Danish culture? I think on the scale of things we have, um, we definitely sort of, obviously the migrant crisis and since sort of the Syrian civil war and things like that, we've had a larger influx of sort of immigrants. Um, and that is something that splits Danish society. Obviously, where I live in Copenhagen and sort of the outskirts of Copenhagen, we don't really see much about it. But my grandma, so my dad's mom, lives in sort of, if you know Denmark on a map, there's a part that connects to Germany. Yeah. And she lives yeah. in that part. She lives like half an hour from the German border. And sort of they're a bit different because obviously when the migrants come to Germany, they come to Denmark too. Mm. And they even sort of can come on sort of on ferries and th- stuff like that. And so because we're such a small society, I think a lot of people are really afraid of sort of, it. I don't know, getting diluted or something like that. Like I'm not really of that mindset which is probably not a surprise given my age and sort of social status. But um, I think that's what we're struggling the most with in Denmark right now is sort of what do we do with these people who come here and aren't Danish? Yeah. <laughs> like to which degree do we make them Danish? Yeah. To which degree sort of do we welcome them into society? To which degree do we tolerate the things and norms and traditions that they come with? But that's not a you know problem unique to Denmark that's yeah, yeah, to the whole, that's, of, that's the whole of Europe international that is isn't it but I think in the sort of general election just now we had like Denmark's response to Donald Trump or like Denmark's version of Donald okay. Trump called Rasmus Peloden and I think had it been like five six seven years ago he wouldn't have got the kind of support that mm. he got because he did get like 800 no 80,000 votes or something which was okay a lot more than people yeah, than expect. a lot of Danish people were comfortable yeah. with him getting. Yeah. And and I guess um like when you mentioned kind of like questions that arise over immigration, it's quite often one of those questions is about like people's identity, isn't it? Like they wonder whether or not they'll be able to hold on to their British in our case or Danish in your own in hmm. your case identity. Now what is that Danish identity? Because it's something that's quite hard to pin down. 
yeah. when talking about Britain these days, mm. um, for better or worse. What about being Danish? What do you think it means to be Danish? Well, I think, obviously, I'm probably not the best person to ask about being Danish because sort of when you spend a lot of time abroad, and I'm sure other people brought this up, um, you sort of turn into like an ex- not like an extreme nationalist or anything but the <laughs> sort of the traits that you believe yeah. embody the na- the country that you left yeah. become amplified because you feel like you need to or sometimes you feel like you need to protect it or of sometimes course. you need to feel like you need to preserve it so i maybe present a little bit of an extreme version of like <laughs> what i think danish is but like a big thing for me for example is in in denmark and now i'm going into the job market in denmark um unions are a really big thing And so I was sort of trying to work out, well, as a journalist, sort of, what union do I join? And everyone was like, why do you want to join a union? Like, what's wrong <laughs> yeah. with you? And I'm like, well, because I want representation in the workplace. And because that's a really big thing in Denmark. Like, yeah. every adult I know is a member of a union. Like, even, like, academics have a union in Denmark. And it's just because people see that as sort of natural. Like, if I want to change something in my workplace, be that I want an extra break or I want the smokers to have to go around the corner or I want more vacation days or like little things, like I want a bigger desk. Like those things all go through the union. And so it's so natural for us to sort of, you know, join unions and things like that. And so- Yeah, I guess I guess once upon a time in the UK, that would have been exactly the same case. Mm. Um, but Now they're a bit out of fashion. They are, <laughs> or like they, they say, are, they are. I think the thing about like, yeah, in Denmark, like we sort of, <laughs> so, like there was like a Danish comedian who was like, oh yeah, in Denmark, we hate our bosses. And I'm like, <laughs> well, there's a certain truth to that because yeah. boy, do we love unions <laughs> and sort of speaking up. And that's another thing that's very Danish is um, hierarchies and workplaces and things are quite flat. So if I have a problem with my boss, I would probably just tell my boss and we'll probably just work it out like yeah. grownups. Or, you know, even if it's my boss's boss and I need want to tell them something, I'll probably just, you know, tap on their desk and tell them. Um, there's that's quite, I think that's quite admirable and positive by the sounds of things because yeah. ev- everyone's on an even footing that way. Mm. And I'm, I'm sh- well, is, is, is there still that kind of knowledge that this is my boss so I need to kind of watch what I say or is it just fairly open? I think it kind of, I think it varies from industry to industry. Like, yeah. I mean, my, so my dad's girlfriend, she works in the pharmaceuticals in- industry. She works for one of Dan- Denmark's biggest companies. It's called Novo Nordisk and they do like insulin medicine. Um, or like diabetes medicine. And uh, she like regularly would either have her boss over or go to her boss's house. Like they'll all go out as like the team that she's in at work. And like um, there was nothing weird about that. Or maybe even her boss's boss will join in. Or like, you know, um, I think that Danish people in that sense uh, are a lot more just kind of like, well, we're all people. And yes, then some people are called senior managers and some are called mm. managers and some are called, you know, assistants. But we're all people still. Um, I used to work in a really in a big accounting firm, um, and even though I was like the lowest rung on the yeah. ladder, I was like the get the paper if the printer runs out yeah. of paper person. Yeah. People wouldn't treat me differently from that. And like, if I needed sort of at one point, like I needed some help with some taxes. I'm in an accounting firm. Like I just kind of asked one of the accountants, like, yeah, "Hey, can you help, help me you with out. this?" Even though they're obviously like three, four, or five rungs over me on the ladder. Yeah. But we all see each other all the time. We all sort of are in the same building. So why would we be treating each other differently? 
So then has it been a bit of a culture shock coming to Britain then? Yeah, I got into a bit of trouble when I first came over here because I'm just, <laughs> in Denmark, like, it's not necessarily rude to, like, criticize authority if you have a good point. And so... <laughs> to be fair, I think I agree with you, but yeah. But, you know, but, you know, like, the sort of, so I was, like, in class and then the, like, the lecturer was saying, like, oh, we do things this, this, and that way. And I put my hand up and I was like, why don't we do them this, this, and that way? And the person looked horrified. <laughs> <laughs> And I was like, I was just making a suggestion. <laughs> but, but apparently, like that, I remember that so clearly being my first, like having that sense of yeah. I made a cultural misstep here and I'm not quite sure what it was, but I should not have done that. Um, or there was something, yeah, and we came out of the class and my friends were like, wow, you're a bit like, you know. Confident, bit forward, bit full of I just, Yeah, I don't remember what they said. They were like, wow, you're a bit like, I think they were like, wow, you're a bit brave. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I just, yeah. you know, we're a team here, it's aren't we? It's natural for you, yeah. yeah. Did, uh, did the, whoever the lecturer was, did they uh, say anything to you when you said no, that? No, I like... We had a moment where sort of I realized I'd done something wrong. Yeah. They realized I didn't mean to do something wrong. Yeah. It's just I don't know. And then we kind of moved on from and, it. And in true British fashion, that uh, lecturer bit their lip and didn't say anything to yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> classic. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. classic. Um, so, yeah, it must it must be. And what about like since then? Have you kind of like adapted to British UK yeah. lifestyle? Yeah. Um, I definitely have, or like I've tried to. So now I know that like if you have a suggestion, you need to sort of wait for the right time to say it, okay. <laughs> or maybe say <laughs> it to someone. Like, you know, there's there is a different procedure here about questioning the way things are and the way things work. Um, and I don't necessarily agree with that, but yeah. you know, when you know when in Rome. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah was like what what do you prefer do you prefer the danish way then well i just the, think the, the danish, danish way, way is life. more efficient like i don't yeah. think i don't think there's any good reason as to why people lower down the rung have worse ideas which yeah. is what that system presupposes yeah which i think you know i'm not you know obviously i know there's certain things that i don't know anything about but then again i don't try and make myself an expert on those things and and that kind of system of of you must hold your peace until you're asked, I don't think brings about the best solutions, especially not in a in a workplace. Yeah, I guess so. And if you want to, you know, kind of say that you live in a democratic workplace or democratic country, um, everyone's entitled to that yeah. opinion after all, aren't they? Yeah, and then in also with that comes that we need to be able to have those discussions. And so that's also a thing that, that Danish workplace is especially good at is sort of the feedback loops and sort of... So I can say in a meeting where perhaps I'm the lowest ranked or whatever that, oh, I have this idea. And then some people will say, well, you know, we like that idea, but maybe it's not so good, but maybe we can work on it or maybe we could this and that. And I think that's yeah. Yeah. more conducive than I just shut up and don't say anything because then I didn't learn anything from that. Yeah. You know? OK. Yeah. I, I like the sound of that. That, that sounds a bit more appealing, I think. Um, now, what about um, we've kind of touched on a little bit of UK culture versus Danish culture. What about the opportunities that are available to you as well in the two countries? Because um, Denmark seems to be fairly progressive, prosperous nation, um, as the UK mostly is as well. Um, so what would be the differences in opportunities between the two countries for you? Um probably size like it depends what business you're going into like I'd say if you were like if you're like my dad's girlfriend and you want to work with pharmaceuticals I think Denmark is a better place than um than the UK but if you're an aspiring banker then obviously London is the bank headquarters of the world or of Europe at least 
Um, it's a very pragmatic answer, actually. Well, <laughs> yeah. No, no I, I, it's, it's the right answer, I guess, because it does depend yeah. on what you're looking into. Um, but, I mean, I've never, like, I suppose the question is, have you ever felt limited by the place you come from? Yeah. And yeah. I've never felt that. But then again, like, I think, like, I'm also extremely lucky to come from Denmark. Like, I'm extremely lucky to come from a country that invests in education and yeah. sort of takes education really seriously and sort of has a well-established welfare system and all that kind of stuff that sets people up for success. And is education all free even up to the point of university Mm -hmm. and including university? Yes. So you, I think they're changing at the moment, but a couple of years ago there was a law that you couldn't take more than one bachelor degree, which I don't know why you would want more than one, but some people probably do. But other than that, it's free sort of kindergarten through, um, or reception, you call it here. So through reception through sort of your PhD, I suppose. I don't know if PhD is free. It probably is. um, Wow, that's like like another world, that is. I'm of the age where I was one of the first people to be affected by the hike from £3,000 tuition fees here in England to £9,000 tuition fees. Um, So for me, it's like, you know, you're going to be living with debt for a long time, not like real debt. Um, Whereas that, where you don't have to pay for university at all, seems on another planet. Well, the thing is, you actually get paid to go to school. So what? What? (laughs) So this boggles most people's mind. But if you are over 18 or the day you turn 18, you're eligible for something called SU, which is the state's education support. So if you live at home, it's metered on your parents' income. If you live away from home, then you get a flat rate. Everyone gets that. Um, and you have, I don't remember how many years, but it's enough years to do most of your high school and a bachelor's degree and probably also a master's degree. Um, and what? then you get sort of a set sum every month. So I got about uh, 500 pounds a month or something along those lines. Even though I studied in the UK. Um, so if you're a Danish citizen, you can take that abroad with you if it's an education that's equivalent to something they paid for in, in Denmark. So for the academic educations, you get that pay for the sort of, um, what do you call them? Like if you're like a um, a painter, not like an artistic painter, but someone who paints houses or an electrician or something like that. Oh, like Vocation, a... For the vocational yeah, skills. Yeah. Then they sort of, you get a, um, a, a different pay, but it's, it comes from a different part, but you still get paid something. That has genuinely left me a little bit speechless, which is quite rare, <laughs> yeah. especially having a podcast as well. You don't yeah. want to be left speechless on a podcast. I just, that, we must be doing something wrong well, then, or you're, I mean, you're getting that... something particularly right, or there must be people in Denmark that think that's wrong. I think there's people in Denmark who think it's too much. Like, for example, when I turned 18, I was living at home. I was doing like this first year of my IB or something. So I didn't need... So my flat rate was the lowest one, or my metered rate because I was living at home was the lowest one, but it's still, like, a fair bit. And I think a lot of people are like, you don't, like, what do you need that money for? But then sort of it's all, I guess, not so much anymore, but Danish society is built on taking care of sort of the lowest, not that that sounds really nasty, but sort of we're playing from the skill set of the lowest. Yeah, there's there's a saying. So, for example, yeah, so it's like, I don't need it, but my friend, for example, from high school, she sort of had to, like, all of hers went to support her parents' income. And so that's the reason why we have it, because there are people who need it. 
Like yeah. because it it kicks in when child payments stop. Yeah. So for a lot of people, they just you know they keep getting that money because they still need it. And you never know when it could be you in that. Position. Yeah, that's the thing as well. That's where that's where we're at. It's like well, I don't know that could be me tomorrow. So we'll sort of do it like this there, for, there's, for now. There, there's a saying that um, that I that resonates with me quite um, quite a lot. It's called "It's there for the grace of God, but I." You know, it, it, the snap of a finger tomorrow that could be you on the street. Yeah. Uh, without a house yeah. so like looking after those people and it sounds like in Denmark you've got it absolutely spot on just my opinion yeah. <laughs> well um, yeah and that sort of that kind of saying is really at the base of the Danish welfare system which you know is historically quite a strong welfare system um, that sort of we take care of those who can't take care of themselves and that's just a basic principle um, that, that that is yeah. j- truly fascinating and I, I, I didn't realize just how Uh, universal this idea was of looking after one another in Denmark. Yeah, but... If, oh, yeah, sorry, go on. No, no, you... <laughs> oh, no, I was going to go off on a completely different tangent, Larka. Um, so if you've got anything else you want to add, then by, um, by all means, please do. Well, obviously, I would just add for fairness and weight that I'm sure there are people who would disagree with me of about course. why that system exists and how it works and whether it works and yeah. things. And and obviously, we have the same problems that all other countries have, like an understaffed, our version of the NHS. Yeah. We have those yeah. problems, too. Um, but I think that that we historically have got a good leg up yeah. on providing good welfare and good social security for our citizens. And so now the teething problems that we still have are fairly minor compared to yeah. other places. And, and as we said, with a smaller population, those problems don't seem to be exacerbated exactly. and, and seem as big. Um, so, yeah, to go off on a completely different tangent. Now, it is a small country as well in terms of landmass. Very, yes. <laughs> How much of that country have you got to see? Um, a fair bit. So if you divide it into regions, there's like five regions. So if those were counties, maybe like Denmark would okay. be like five yeah. counties. Um, and I've been to all of them. Um, I've actually gotten to go to like a lot of the sort of, they're not inaccessible, but like the little islands I was talking about earlier okay, that cool. people like a lot because my aunt and uncle have a boat. Um, and so in the summer, sometimes I'd go sailing with them. And like, that's some of my favorite stuff. Like those little islands that are all, it's like, it's a holiday all the time. Yeah. Um, and they sort of live life at a slower pace, and yeah. Is that almost like exploring a different world when you go out into 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 the sea and exploring these islands? Um, a little bit. I mean, the landscape doesn't change much. Like, okay. we yeah, have like yeah, one fair. region of Denmark that yeah. looks a little bit different from the others, but other than that, they look pretty much the oh, same. Really? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's always good. And the thing that I like about Denmark is. Obviously, it's the same with the UK, but we have a lot of regional accents. And maybe that's a little bit weird because ah, Denmark is so small. Yeah. But sort of where my dad is from in the south of Denmark, the bit that connects to Germany, they have a completely different accent to where I'm from in Copenhagen, which to the point that the only reason why I understand the people from that region of Denmark is because my dad speaks that dialect or accent and his family do. But like my friends growing up, they'd be like, I don't understand people from that part of Denmark. <laughs> it's like if uh, if someone who'd lived down in the southeast all their life had listened to someone from Glasgow mm. up in Scotland. Yeah, exactly. And like if you go an hour north, then the accent changes. Another hour, it changes again. Another hour, it changes again until you get to the very tip of, of Denmark where it sounds very different. <laughs> now, now, I'm only human, Larka, so I'm going to have to ask, could you try and give an example of what that might sound like? No, I don't. I can't. <laughs> Are you too scared about offending someone? No, it's just I'm not very good at accents. But like, so basically the, 
I, I just wanted to see if I could tell the difference between the two. That's all. But no, if you, if no, you're... I can't. Uh, no, not really. The base. So the Copenhagen accent, you could probably compare it to like, a, like a harsh London accent. Okay. Um, and then the accent where my dad is from is probably more like Yorkshireish. Right. But, so a little bit more drawling and a little bit more like more vowels. Ah, <laughs> um, okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and then in Copenhagen they're quite hard on the consonants. Okay. Is there like a a posh Danish accent? Yeah. Like you'd get in certain parts of England. Yeah. Very well spoken. Every word is pronounced properly. So that comes from the middle bit of Jutland, which is the bit of, of, of Denmark that connects to Germany. Um, ah, and that okay. is sort of the Queen's Danish. <laughs> oh, I see. I see. And and am I right in thinking that Denmark still has a royal family? Oh, uh, yeah. We have the oldest monarchy in the world Ooh. and the oldest flag in the world. <laughs> well, well, well. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't know that it was the oldest. I, it is. Pr- actually, I'm studied history I probably should have known that England or the UK shall I say wasn't the oldest in the in the world nope. typical Brits they always think we- they've got they've got it all <laughs> so when does when does Denmark stretch back to like I don't know off the top well, of my head is it like a fair bit before like the uh, year 1000 I don't know. No, I don't. I Have don't want to. Too much on the spot. Yeah, there? I don't want to like yeah. get it wrong, and then someone I'll laughs get, at you, and then someone comes by and picks up my Danish passport, and then you know. Well, what I will have to do is have a look to see. Um, afterwards yeah. when that I was. know it's the oldest I don't know about how much and I don't know how old it is but all I know is it, we take great pride in it <laughs> I was going to say like that must, that must be because I mean the royal family here is absolutely huge whether you like them or loathe them um, it's just the Everyone's got an opinion on the royal family. So is it, is it a similar situation in Denmark then? Yes, yes. You either sort of think, well, to be fair, I know some people who are just kind of moderate about it and they're like, oh, yeah, fine, like for tradition's sake. And then there's some people who like love them. And then there's some people who think it's an enormous waste of money, which I'm sure is the same thing yep, for exactly the UK. exactly the same, yeah. Um, but I don't, th- I saw some kind of calculation that like that the UK definitely makes money off of their royal family. Whereas I think we don't actually make a like turn a cold hard profit on ours, okay, yeah, but then obviously yeah. there's all the soft goods that you can't calculate, like diplomacy value and stuff like that. Yeah. So. Yeah. So so who is the current head of state then? So that would be Queen Margrethe the second. Oh, I can't say. <laughs> oh, no, it doesn't ring a bell off no. the top of my head. Um, She's probably related to your royal family, but oh, quite, like, yeah, <laughs> quite possibly. They they They're all, all they all were once upon a time, and they probably still all are. Well, because you had a an English royal that married a Dan- Queen Anne or Princess Anne or something of Denmark. Oh, you're really you're putting me to shame here. <laughs> when but it comes I, to the history knowledge, Larkin. Well, you know, a Dane will always know another Dane. <laughs> <laughs> You also mentioned uh, Jutland as well. That was a famous battle in the First World War. Was it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> we're teaching, we're yeah. teaching each other quite a lot here, yeah. aren't we? It was, it was pr- uh, probably the most famous and the biggest naval battle in the First World War, um, mm. predominantly between the British and the German ships. Oh, right, right. I was going to ask, I was going to ask, though, like if, um, if Denmark had had anything to play in that, but... We don't talk to English people about ships. Oh, right. Because there was a historical incident. Yes. In which some British people came over and took all our ships. 
And we're still very bitter about it. And we will have them back someday. It can happen. <laughs> if you leave your ships lying around in port or even... If you leave your ships anchored to the port, yeah. then we will come and take them because yeah, then clearly you don't want them. <laughs> it's it's what we do. It's yeah. what us Brits yeah. do. I'm yeah. sorry. It's yeah. just our way. As, as our famous song goes... Um, over land and sea, you know, we, we yeah. rule the waves. Yes. Rule Britannia. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry, I've touched a nerve there, Marker. Um, okay, so we'll, we'll steer clear of history then, <laughs> so that there's no uh, fights in this little studio yes, here. Yes, that's a good idea. What about Danish food? Now, my first thought when I think of Danish food and beverages is bacon. Yes, because we do a lot of bacon. Because we import loads of like Danish bacon. Mm. And then beer is like quite a popular. Yes. Am I think? Am I right in thinking Grolsch? No, Carlsberg. Carl, of course, Carlsberg. Carlsberg is Grolsch Danish or is that Dutch? It sounds either Dutch or German. It doesn't sound Danish, but I, you know, I just know Carlsberg and Carls- Tuborg are the big, ah, the big players. Yes. I, I prefer Tuborg. Then, I prefer Tuborg too. To Carlsberg, yeah. Yeah. I, I won't be too descriptive in what I think of Carlsberg. But I think you need to have a Danish Carlsberg. I think they do something wrong with it over here. Yeah. Like, I think the export version is different because I've heard so many British people say we hate Carlsberg. Yeah. And I'm like, either the entirety of Denmark has horrible taste mm. in beer or they do something different to the export version. Right. Okay. Um, I don't know which of it it is because I'm not that into beer, but I, it cannot be true. But that... you've tasted both and you can tell that there's a that your home Carlsberg tastes nice. No, no, I just think it does. Because I'm like, it can't be true that so many Danish people yeah. love Carlsberg yeah. and so many British people hate Carlsberg and both nations love beer. Yeah, so. yeah. I can't even say that, you know, Danish yeah. people don't have a good taste of beer either because, you know, you've got some good beers. Yeah, but we're it's big just, on beer. But it's just, um, yeah, when you drink it here, it's like drinking something that you shouldn't be drinking is, yeah. is my most polite way yeah, I've of heard, putting Yeah, I've it. heard a lot of that, which is, which is sad. You know, Carlsberg is... Yeah, Carlsberg is like our Coca-Cola, basically. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's a very big institution in Denmark. Everyone's just stumbling around Denmark and Copenhagen, just drunk all the time. Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. But what about the rest of the food? What's like a traditional Danish meal, or what? What do you sit down and have and be like, yeah, that is a quintessentially Danish dish? So um, it's it mostly involves fish. Obviously, we're traditionally a large sort of a fishing nation, but yeah. also it quite often involves pork. Um, so yes. Uh, so one of my dad's favorite things is um, sort of herring on rye bread, but like you don't do any like or you do. So you get the herring out at sea, and yeah. then you sort yeah. of cut it into pieces and put it in sort of a um, like a like not pickled, but you put it in sort of a, a liquid. And then you get your herring pieces out and put them on rye bread. And then you can put like some other things like eggs on top. And then that's a nice open-faced sandwich. That's another thing. Open-faced sandwiches were very... Uh, open-faced meaning... Meaning no top. No top. So you so get how, the how, bottom how, bread and then the okay. filling and then no top. Right, okay. I've got one question about that. <laughs> How's that a sandwich then? Because well, a sandwich, like the definition But we of don't being... call it a sandwich. It's because oh, we right. need a translation <laughs> to like... <laughs> so that we can be familiar with yeah, what you're Yeah, we talking. need to, so like, sandwich minus a half, kind of. <laughs> so like a, I don't even know what the English equivalent of that would be. Yeah, well, you don't what? really have, I suppose, because you put two pieces of bread in a sandwich, which is, you know, yeah, what? one too many. So why? What, what's? Well, I don't know why, but <laughs> traditionally we have Danish smørbrød 
which means if you translate it directly, it means butter bread, which I suppose is. So you have your rye bread on the bottom, bread, and then you but, put some butter on it, and then you put stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So it could be herring, it could be so Danish thing that translates to liver paste. There's not actually liver in it anymore, but there used okay. to be. Yeah, that's very popular. And then you put cucumbers on top, or you can do like I don't know all kinds of different stuff. Yeah. Um, but a lot of fish. Um, so for Christmas and Easter. You'll have people over for like Easter lunch or Christmas lunch, and it always starts with like fish courses of some variety. So like fish fillets or the herring on the bread, or yeah, multiple different kinds of herring on bread or other kinds of fish, and then you move on to like the meats and stuff. So if you're not a fan of fish and you're living in so Denmark, you're not going to go very far. My dad's girlfriend does not eat fish of any kind. Um, oh really? So when she goes to social occasions like that, she just skips the first course and okay, then right. moves. Then she makes her move when the second course comes <laughs> yeah. along because there's usually some. Uh, when the some pork, stuff she when likes. the pork, yeah, when the pork, out, when yeah. the pig comes trotting yeah. in, then she's like, <laughs> "All right, we're going." <laughs> oh dear! So like, like is a uh, is bacon quite like a cornerstone of Danish uh, breakfast then? Not really, no. because then we would be making like we make like. Like an American breakfast? like Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. But Danish breakfast is like, oh, I actually got a thing from my boyfriend who is British that yeah. is a Danish thing, which is um, little slices of chocolate that you put on your bread that are sort of, they're sort of like if you get sliced cheese, but then not that thick, and then they're made of chocolate and you put it on like toast in the morning. That's a very popular, I had that growing up all the time. I can't say it rings a Bell, well, it's but... like if you took Nutella and put it in the fridge, like it's ah, also, or in the freezer, so it was ah, like stiff, and I then see. slopped it on top of your bread. Oh, that sounds—I'm not gonna lie, that sounds a little bit more appetizing than the herring. Well, you wouldn't have herring for not, breakfast. Not, not yeah, uh, yeah no. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Nick. Oh, yeah, sorry, sorry. I need yeah. to keep up here, don't no. I? Right? Um, and then obviously, um, Danishes. Yes. I don't know if they're called. Da- I don't think they're called Danishes because they're from Denmark. Because what you call Danishes, we we call Vienna bread. So we've got a different place with it. <laughs> and in Vienna, they'll probably yeah, call it something completely different. They call it different. like yeah. It's like a terrible like crack game of food, bread. Yeah, food Chinese whispers. Yeah, absolutely. So um yeah, so we don't we don't call it Danishes, but. <laughs> Well, what okay? What about what about then at Christmas time? That's mm. something that I've quite enjoyed yeah. speaking about. Um, with all my guests, is the type of food that they have at Christmas. Is that something that, if I was to be, you know, just dropped from a plane and into was Danish to, was Christmas, to, was to either, and I wasn't sure whether or not I'd land in Denmark or land in the UK, mm. would I be able to tell the difference? Yes. Ah, uh, okay. I thought, so I thought we, that might be the case. Yeah. So family, various families do it differently. We normally have like fifteen people over for Christmas, so we do sort of the double which is duck in the oven with, like, vegetables. Ooh. And then also, I'm not sure what part of the pig it is, but <laughs> it's like... Again. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like, um, I think it might be the back. And then you keep the fat on so it goes crispy. I think it's like pork crackling, crackling but then yeah. leave it on the pig. Yeah. And then with that, you have sort of red cabbage, um, and then you have... Oh, this is a very big hit that I've actually cooked for my British friends that they yeah. absolutely love, which is... You cook normal potatoes and then peel them and then you toss them in sugar so that they become sort of caramelized on the outside. Oh, wow. So we call you're that brown potatoes. You're speaking my language now, Larka. Yeah. I've got a real sweet tooth. Yeah, and that is a, 
the times I've, I've made it here when we've made roast dinners sometimes in the house to sort of then we've all added our different sort of touches yeah. and that's what I made and it has been requested time and time again <laughs> do you want to cook for me this evening <laughs> well, I can t- it's really easy to do like I'll send yeah. you a recipe after this and you can try it yourself all you need to make sure is the the sugar doesn't burn. <laughs> oh, well, 100%. I've got a couple of things to remember for afterwards now. How to cook brown potatoes mm-hmm. and looking up the Danish, the Danish royal, yes, royal yes. family as well. Um, um, I'm yeah. particularly looking forward to the brown potatoes, yeah. though. That sounds... It's been a great hit with the uh, with British people. And then you obviously have normal potatoes as well and also gravy. Of course. Of course. What, what would a roast be without some gravy added But on? not gravy from granules. Okay, right. Because... The first time I experienced gravy from granules over here, I was like, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> did you feel sick? <laughs> I did, Well, I just didn't know what to think because me and my sister had bought this like tube yeah. <laughs> of gravy granules, yeah. took the lid off, and we were like, this looks like something you feed to a hamster. <laughs> like, what do, or we, something that a hamster poops out. Yeah, like what are we supposed to do with it? It's like, oh, put water in it and stir it. It's like, yeah. what? But no, it's gravy with like cream and made from like the sauce from the meat and stuff like that. Uh, okay, yeah. So yeah. yeah, and then in some families, the thicker the better. But that's sort of a Could, that, family by family yeah, basis. Yeah, yeah. That, that's an argument around the dinner table. That is yeah, it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so what about the celebrations as well at Christmas? How how are, are they quite different or are they the same? So we do Christmas, as all proper nations should, on the 24th of December. Oh, wow. You really are. You're you're <laughs> dividing the audience now, aren't you? I know. I know. But we do Christmas, so everything is in the evening. Yeah, I guess the so, German, Germans yeah. do the same, don't they? Yeah. So you get up really early and then you don't eat anything because you want to be hungry for Christmas dinner. Um, and then... Kind of makes sense. Yeah. And yeah, then you fly yeah, around the whole house yeah. all day, like doing preparation like me and my sister normally peel about five kilos of potatoes so yeah. you know that's fun for everyone except our thumbs <laughs> yeah. and um then the guests come sort of four or five ish and then there's like um disney's christmas show i don't know if you have it here but it's like very traditional to watch it's the same thing every year but you watch it at around like four i think and it's just a series of cartoons and oh, it's... we may well have it but yeah it, but it's not something that i yeah, would but it's the kind of thing like my parents have watched it since they were like tiny tiny kids okay um, so a nice little tradition yeah. for the family and then dinner and then depending on whether or not they're little kids in the house you might do dessert first before presents or after presents um, and then you uh, light the candles on the tree, which are real candles because we're not wusses like certain <laughs> other countries. <laughs> Anyone you want to, uh, any countries in particular, Larkin? <laughs> I've just heard a lot of stuff about fake candles on trees over here and I'm, and fake trees for that matter, which is all a whole different. <laughs> um, but, and then, so you light the candles and then we, um, so we call it dance around the tree, but like no one dances, you just walk and okay. then you like sing songs. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. And then when the kids can hold it no more and must open presents, yeah. then you open the presents. <laughs> I would like to say, actually, for my family, we always go for a real treat. And oh, I have good. a feeling, I could be completely wrong, but I feel like we import them from Denmark. Um, maybe. That rings a bit. I feel like when I've gone along with my dad and my sister from time to time and seen them say, I, I'm sure they say that they're Danish Christmas trees. They could also be from Norway. I know. Because the one, oh, in, pa- no, the one yeah. in Trafalgar Square is from Norway, isn't it? Every year. 
Oh, it could well be, actually, yeah. Or Picadocer, I forgot. The one that was so ugly that one year and was, like, tiny <laughs> and scrawny. I'm not trying to, like, this isn't Scandinavian rivalry. Like, that was widely widely agreed that that Christmas tree was not a success. Uh, is there a bit of a Scandinavian rivalry, then, between the countries? Like, I, I, so, asked, I asked the same question to Isabel from Norway. Well, What's everybody hates Sweden. Everybody hates Sweden. <laughs> right, okay. They're, you know, yeah, Denmark think, and Norway are cool. I think she said the same thing. Yeah, there it was a lot wrong. of... From the time when Denmark, Norway, and Sweden were all one country. Yeah. I think Norway sort of, we let go of, and they went sort of very amicably. Yeah. And then Sweden just, that didn't really. And I think, this is another historical fact that you can look up, but I think Denmark and Sweden have had more sort of separate wars between them than most other nations in the world. <laughs> like, we just, you know, we just, just how, don't get along. But, like, Sweden's so much bigger than Denmark. Like, you know, how did you cope? For all those years. Well, there is water between Denmark. So yeah, I suppose yeah. maybe you could declare a war and then just stand on either side and scream at each other or something. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know how the technicality... Is that is how it? the Vikings used to do it back <laughs> yes. in the day? Just like Well, when the water freezes, where are we going to go? The English people took our boats. So like, we've got <laughs> nothing now. <laughs> Again, We're going to walk across. <laughs> how many times are we going to have to apologize <laughs> for my uh, predecessors and stealing your boats? There is actually a law. Um, and I have been told many times that this is true, even though I don't think it's true. But it's like a remnant of old legislation and it's never been struck out but if the Öresund so the water between Denmark and Sweden freezes over and a Swede walks over on the ice you are legally allowed to hit him with a stick <laughs> oh that's good to know and obviously <laughs> this has now changed now that there's a bridge and tunnel so I'm guessing if he comes through the tunnel he's fine, he's fine but, but if, if he, he like walks over water. yeah then no <laughs> <laughs> That, uh, do you know what? That reminds me of like a similar weird law that probably you'd actually get arrested for it. But I feel like there's a certain bit of the UK that if you stand there with a bow and arrow on a Sunday morning, you're allowed to shoot at a Welshman. <laughs> Something along those lines. Yeah, but it's it shows again sort of the fact that obviously we don't have that rule for Nor Norwegian people. They could also walk ah, down if they right, wanted. It's yeah. just a longer trip. <laughs> yeah. But, you know... But we have certainly have it in in place for Swedish people. You're allowed to just hit them with a stick. Yep, go just, away. Yep. Go away, Swede. It's because we're angry at how progressive and you know because <laughs> yeah. they're like they're doing better than Denmark. And I didn't say ah. this out loud, but they are a little bit, and that's why we're that's very angry. That's just between you yeah. and I. Don't worry, yeah. like no one else. We're will very hear upset this. about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that well, it sounds like you know it's a. It's a healthy kind of rivalry. Oh, yeah, between, yeah. Between the no, like if I saw a Swedish person somewhere, yeah. I wouldn't be like, get away from me. <laughs> I'd yeah, just yeah, be like, yeah. oh, hey. Exactly. Well, that's good, to, that's good to know. Have you bumped into any Swedish people lately? Um, I think I called a woman about a flat and she was Swedish. And which you, was you like, got on fine. Yeah, absolutely. And I was like, if we want that flat, we could probably have it because it's a Scandi bond. <laughs> what, a what? A Scandi bond. Again, sorry. We look out for each other. Oh, I know, I know. Like you don't ah. have this with like, like you wouldn't look out for a Welshman or a Scotsman, but I would look out for a Norwegian or a Swede if we were all here together. To to my Scottish friends, I would look out <laughs> for you. To my Scottish family, maybe the same to you. <laughs> um, I thought you were saying like a Danish word, Scandibond. No, because if if you don't mind me saying, that sounds a little bit Danish, a Scandibond. <laughs> You say, when you say it like that, it sounds more like sweet, like uh, Okay, right, right, I see. Um, okay, uh, uh, the time has completely run away with me here. Um, I needed to ask a couple of other things because okay. I was completely asked about the question sheet that I have in front okay. of me. Um, if 
tomorrow you had to choose between Denmark and the UK to live in one forever for the rest of your life, where would you choose? My boyfriend's not going to be very happy about this, but I would choose Denmark. <laughs> Home is where the heart is <laughs> yeah. today, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I just, I think that right now where I'm in my career and in my life, yeah. the UK is fine. It's absolutely, like, it's great. Yeah. I've got great opportunities. Like, it's a good place to live. But where we are politically, especially, and sort of later in life, when maybe I retire or maybe, you know, need something else from the career market than just jobs, jobs, jobs. Yeah. Like, need some stability and some security. And, and in general, some sort of social stability and social security. I think I would prefer Denmark. And then if you could sum Denmark up in kind of like a couple of sentences, what do you, what do you reckon, what would be your summary then? Or is that quite a difficult one? Mm. Um, we're very happy to the outside world, but inside we're a bit conflicted. <laughs> Wow, that's deep. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I think because obviously there's a lot of like, obviously Norway stole it recently, but we used to be the happiest country in the world. Yes. And like a lot of people just take that at face value and they're like, oh my God, everything must be perfect for Denmark. Yeah. But no nation is perfect and no population is perfect and everywhere struggles with their sort of own sets of problems. And, and we're sort of doing that as well. And I think also knowing that that's okay is something that we're sort of, like, we don't have to be the happiest nation yeah, in the world. Like, yeah. we can have issues too. And perhaps sometimes <laughs> it's even better if you recognize that there yeah. are those issues present because then you can work with them. Um, so I think that's kind of what I meant by that. Yeah. Well, and, and you know what? It's natural to have some kind of flaws or yeah. natural to have some worries and some anxieties about stuff. So at the end of the day, you're still one of the happiest countries in yeah. the world, right? Yeah, and I think that the the all the factors that contribute to that social security and sort of um, welfare state and education and infrastructure, all those factors like they are good at sort of the core of things. But where we are now is just we're trying to work out: well, does this still does this model still work for us? What changes need to be done? How do we do it? How do we move forward? Brilliant! It's, it sounds like the kind of country that like is. If if a country was a person, it sounds like it's kind of got its head switched on. I mean, I should hope so. Yeah. I really hope so. <laughs> well, last of all then, Laka, is a kind of quote or a funny saying mm -hmm. in Danish. Or maybe it doesn't even have to necessarily be funny. It could be inspirational. It could be just a very typical bog standard quote or saying. What have you got in store for us? And I'm going to try and repeat it back to you as well. But okay. do be very aware that I'm probably going to get it wrong. That's okay. So this is... Not an inspirational quote or anything. It's not something that Danish people say, really. But it is what we always say to foreigners if they say, oh, you know, uh, tell me something to say in Danish. Right, okay. okay. So it's... That's pretty good, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty decent. That's... Yeah. Am I, yeah. Have I got worse that time or better? The second time was slightly worse, but. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, I'll let you say it one more time and then explain it for okay. us as well, so, please. Well, called meflul is a Danish dessert. Oh, and really? So, well means red, gold means like porridge, and then mil means with, and then flul is cream. So, red porridge with cream. Ah, that's not too distant from the German language. Because mm. sounds like Wood. rot. Yeah. Rot. Me. Mit, 
with yeah. fleur cream. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. R- ro- now I know that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a, so the reason why we say it is because there's a lot of sounds that are unique to Danish. Yeah, so obviously yeah. the O with the line through it, the way we say our R's, which is like R, um, yeah, okay. and then the soft D that we have in our language, which is similar to the TH sound, but not entirely the same. So all of those things sort of come together in one great amalgamation in that term, and that's why we always sling it at foreigners. Well, yeah, thank you very much. I, I appreciate it. It's, it sounds so typically Danish yeah. as well when you say it. Um, Larka, thank you very much for coming in to speak with me today. I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I hope you have too. Absolutely, my pleasure. Brilliant. Thank you very much. And, well, I'll see you whenever I see you next as well. <laughs> Cheers. Absolutely. Thank you, Larka. No worries. Well, considering uh, that this show was done or organised so last minute with Larka, in fact, I did just bump into her as I was leaving the building, and I think she was just leaving the building as well. Um, It's gone far better than I could have imagined it going. And we had a really good conversation there about Denmark. I learned a few things that I hadn't already known about the country, and that bit about the free education um, up to the point of potentially doing either a bachelor's or a master's was um, was fascinating. I, I thought, what a wonderful idea. <laughs> I wish that was the case for when I was doing my bachelor's and master's fairly recently. But hey-ho, it is what it is. Um, if you can continue listening to the show, that would be wonderful. If you're enjoying it, give it um, either a, a review or rate it, or depends whether you're on Spotify or iTunes. Um, and subscribe to it either way, and I hope you're enjoying it on CSR FM. Uh, I've been Nick Hardings, and I hope you have a lovely week. I'll see you next time. Bye bye. Goodbye. Au revoir. Khoda hafiz. Jagi. Au fidasin. Adios. Salamat tinggal. Adios. Hachi. <laughs>